You know, I really dislike the Jacksonville Jaguars because they clearly don't know how to run a franchise. But today, today I appreciate the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why, you might be asking. That's because they screwed over the whole wide receiver market. All they had to do was pay one mediocre wide receiver and the domino effect of what occurred is absolutely ridiculous. You know, we have the two best wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Devontae, moving on. And now we got A.J. Brown, of all people, getting traded. I mean, Hollywood Brown all of a sudden gets traded. This was a wild first round of a draft where there was almost no quarterbacks taken. It was hectic beyond control. The amount of trades that happened, I couldn't keep up with it. But what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Natter. We're back with a day one draft recap. Of course, I am alongside the number one Australian analyst. Sheen, how are you doing over there? I'm good, man. I feel like I woke up and I'm living that gif where it's Troy from Community opening the door and everything is on fire. It. You know, the first 10 picks, they're not textbook. There were definitely a lot of surprises, but it wasn't hectic. After that, from pick, what is it, 11 to to, to basically 30 seconds, it was, it was chaos. I don't know what to expect. You got haymakers thrown left and right, trades being done, contract extensions being laid out right then and there. It, it was crazy. And, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad no team drafted a running back. I hold on, let me let me fact check myself before I say something stupid. That's, yeah, no uh, team no drafted, drafted a running back. Yes, nice job. A lot of linemen getting taken. A lot of cornerbacks. I don't know if you noticed that. A lot of cornerbacks got taken. Mm. Well, I guess as the league becomes more of a passing league and people are loading up on wide receivers, you need someone to play on them. Exactly, exactly. You know, that that definitely was a thought that dawned upon me when I realized how many cornerbacks got taken because, I mean, with how important wide receivers are, and, and we're seeing the wide receiver market just absolutely flip where they are getting edge rusher money now. And because of that, you, of course, drafted them and you have to draft people that cover them. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of a meta shift on the defensive side of the football where we're going to see a lot of nickel dime packages out there to, to, to cover these high powered offenses. Yep, I totally agree. I'm going to name this draft the draft where people learned the wrong lesson. And we're going to get to the run of wide receivers, but I think so many people saw Chase go early last year. What he did with the Bengals, they're like, aha, uh-huh, we need our guy. And yes, there's a strong receiver class. Yes, it's kind of weak at a lot of other positions, but people learned the wrong lesson here. And the addendum to that, pick 20, Pittsburgh taking, Pittsburgh taking the wrong quarterback after they whiffed uh, by not taking Dan Marino back in 1984. The hometown kid learned the wrong lesson. This one is a lesson we're going to have to see week one. Um, I know right as soon as this trade happened with Hollywood Brown, I just sat there and thinking to myself, oh, no, Bateman might actually be relevant now. And, <laughs> you know, when they, when they had the pick at 14, I was like, no, nah, they're probably not taking a wide receiver. I really don't think so. They didn't. They took the safety. And then what is it? They traded up again into the 25th pick. And I was like, oh, OK, so they're drafting their wide receiver. OK, maybe Bateman won't be that relevant. And then they go and take a center, which 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 not only 
I mean, of, of course, there's still another six, seven rounds, so they could still take a couple wide receivers. But this kind of cements Bateman a little bit because not only did they not take a premier wide receiver with their, one of their premier picks, but they took a offensive lineman to help solidify the pocket so the quarterback has time to throw it to to his now premier wide receiver in Bateman. And, of course, potentially run the ball more effectively, which will open up the passing game. But So... You know, I hate Bateman. Not necessarily, I, I don't want to say I hate Bateman, but I hated the situation. And because of that, I avoided it at all costs. But if they don't take a premier wide receiver in the next couple rounds, you might have to say, oh, shoot, Bateman, he's looking like a wide receiver one. There's a couple of names that I would be worried about. Uh, if they were to take him, they would be George Pickens and Sky Moore. I think Bateman is better than those two, but we want to see him in a situation where he is the premium wide receiver on that team. Exactly. You know, of course, my biggest gripe on him was, you know, they don't pass often and there's multiple weapons on that roster. Now one of those premier weapons is gone. So now it's basically him and Mangers. And because of that, he actually has room to flourish where he did not have that previously. And that's probably one of the biggest takeaways in this draft, considering how much people invested in somebody like Rashad Bateman. And of course, a lot of people invested a ton of capital in AJ Brown, including myself. And now he's on the Philadelphia Eagles. That's wow. I don't, I I really don't know what to say with that one. Do you have an opinion? I think it's a bad move by the Titans, and we're going to we'll get to who they've replaced him with. But this again, to use another meme, this is we have AJ Brown at home, and the, you know you could just have AJ Brown pay your good players money. You have a lot of money to pay these players, and with Tannehill and Henry going until the wheels fall off, keep your good players around. You're not any closer to winning the Super Bowl today than you were when you woke up yesterday. In fact, you're further away from it, and that's what this is all about. And I quite like uh, Burks, but you know who I like more than Burks? A.J. Brown, and I don't like him on the Eagles. His his dynasty stock, I think, tumbled a little bit. And A.J. Brown. I'd buy. If people are selling, I'm buying. Uh, he He... AJ Brown was a phenomenal wide receiver. I he just fit the system on the Tennessee Titans so well. Does does he realistically fit the Eagles system as well? I think so. Uh, they're not going to let Hertz push it down the field too much. Obviously, he's a bit more of a scrambler. But if they're out on Hertz after this year, they're going to get someone in who might be able to work with AJ Brown anyway. And I think him and Devon Smith, good combination. I just I don't like it as much, but I don't think it's the I don't think it's the graveyard that people are making it out to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a graveyard, but it could limit his potential. I mean, of course, last year he missed a handful of games. He had 869 yards, five touchdowns. The year before that, over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. The year before that, rookie campaign, I believe it was, 1,000 yards and another eight touchdowns. I mean, so realistically – Give, give it. Give us a stat line that you could see AJ Brown realistically having. I could see him having a thousand and eight. The Eagles are a run-first offense as well, so it's not like he's losing any potential volume. He's not losing potential volume because 
of course, they're both run first. I think the efficiency or the, not the efficiency, but the potential is limited with the Eagles because, I mean, the, the, the play action for Tennessee was phenomenal. I mean, everybody was worried about Derrick Henry. I don't think too many people are worried about the run game from the Eagles, Miles Sanders. I think more people are worried about Jalen Hurts. Oh, you're absolutely right. But that's still people going to have to sell out to stop that run. And 1,000 yards now is 58 yards a game. That's not that many for a guy of his ability. That is, I think pretty soon we're going to have to adjust the 1,000-yard stat. Uh, for a wide receivers, I think it might have to start hitting 1200 where you're like, okay, that's an elite receiver. Oh, that's, you know, a good stat line somewhere around there. But as of right now, I feel like we, AJ Brown had what an ADP of the late second, early third round. You think that's fair? Do you still, Uh, he would be around that mark. He, what was with the Titans now with the Eagles, are you still safe to draft him there? No. Where but I'll want? buy the dip. You'll buy the dip for dynasty. Buy the dip. Redraft. I am gonna. I'm probably staying away. It depends. This is such a cop out answer, but it depends who else is available. That's fair. I mean, I, what I'm afraid, not necessarily that he's gonna turn into a uh, Julio Jones type of player when he went to the Titans, where hmm. you know it, it, it's a good talent. And I'm not saying A.J. Brown's old uh, like Julio Jones, but, you know, so- sometimes it's when it's too good to be true, it's, it, it probably is. And this might be one of those moments where you would think, oh, A.J. Brown's on one side, Devontae Smith's on the other side. They can't double guard both of them. You know, it just leaves both of them probably butt naked, wide open, this, that, that. And then chances are, you know what, m- maybe – Jalen Rieger becomes the 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 open receiver that Jalen Hurts continually throws to, considering he's the only one that's left uncarded. Uh, I don't like it. There's three first rounds, basically. AJ Brown is technically a second rounder, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll give him the first round grade just for the sake of me making a point where they have basically three first round wide receivers on that offense, and it might be a problem. Yeah, well, you'd like to think it is with that amount of talent there. And I I still like Hurts. I don't think he's quite that bad. I don't think they're going to stick with him. But he's better than like a Tyrod Taylor. He is better than Tyrod Taylor. Um, For fantasy purposes, I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. I think, you know, he has that 800 rushing yard potential, which is basically running back territory with uh, 2,500 passing yards. And then add maybe... You know, 20 total touchdowns. You have yourself a nice, a nice campaign and a nice, what is that, high end to low end quarterback one? I don't think anybody can realistically complain about that from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but in actual NFL perspective, they still got to go through the Cowboys. And I think this helps them a little bit. But I still, I, we saw last year against the Buccaneers in the wild card game where that, it, that game could have been an email. And I still think if they make it to the playoffs, that game will be an email. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, they've got a lot of work to still do on uh, on the rest of their team. But AJ Brown, I think he's he's going to live in the slot. It's probably bad news for Smith more than it's bad news for Brown. I, I guess I guess we'll see how it plays out. The other big wide receiver who got traded, Hollywood Brown, to the Cardinals. Do you like that one a bit more? No, no. He basically Hopkins is still there. 
I, I honestly don't necessarily know how to feel about it. I feel like he went from a semi-good situation to another semi-good situation where both had their pros and cons, and now they kind of flip their pros and cons. I mean, one of the cons for the the Baltimore Ravens was they didn't throw it enough. Now he's an offense that throws a lot, but he probably had better targets. Not better targets, but more. Better quality target? Yeah, better quality targets with the Ravens. I feel like he might not get that with the Cardinals. He left a lot of points out there. He, he he dropped a lot of touchdowns. He dropped a lot. I, I can think of three off the top of my head where they went through his hands. I mean, of course, if you're adding, fan, uh, you know, touchdown fantasy points, that's 18. The catch, half point, a handful there, and then the yards total. I mean, he, he probably left about 50 fantasy points right there. Oh, at least. I feel like he just took a lateral move to exactly where he was. Well, he's in an offense that's going to pass a bit more this year. There, there's a few more options. There's a few more options. Murray's but got a, a better deep ball than Jackson. I think they're about the same. I'd have to look at the statistics on that one. I don't have it in front of me, in front of my face. But there's also DeAndre Hopkins, and he's going to warrant his own targets. So with Manjus, it, it, it kind of I feel like everything just cancels out. You're probably right. I'd need to look at uh, Christian Kirk's stat line from last year, head-to-head with Hollywood Browns. I am going to say they're probably pretty similar. You know what? While you're doing that, I'm probably going to do that myself right now. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm just guessing. Nice, nice job, nice job. But, I mean, of course, there was a lot that went on in this, and there's a lot to talk about because we're still talking about the Saints drafting a wide receiver, the Jets drafting another wide receiver. That means, what is it, three years in a row they spent a first-rounder on a wide receiver. Denzel Mims, I'm sorry, buddy, you're gone. <laughs> I, I mean... Should we run uh, Should we run pick by pick here? Yeah, we'll, we'll go... We'll, we'll start talking about picks here and there, and then we'll start kind of lining through the draft. Uh, now, Christian... Christian, I don't even know how to spell Christian. I'm sorry, Christian Kirk. Uh, all I know you as the person that absolutely screwed over the the wide receiver market, and I'm all for it. So he had uh, he actually had 982 receiving yards last year, five touchdowns, which is honestly a lot more than I expected. Well, he he in one of our famous unreleased episodes, he was what did we call him, Mr. Up and Down, or something like that. Which is true. He either has a monster game or he does absolutely nothing at all. And Hollywood Brown, he's got a thousand and eight yards with six touchdowns. So Marquise Brown has about sixty yards and one touchdown above him right now. Basically identical. But Hollywood probably left a hundred yards and three touchdowns off a stat line due to dropping it. I'm probably misremembering, but I seem to recall him dropping two touchdowns on the same drive. Oh, that's just true. Well, that that may be true. That's true. Put it in the book. Put it in the book. That's two touchdowns for him. All right. So let, let, let's start kind of going by pick by pick. And then, of course, there's still going to be a lot to talk about throughout each pick that we may have missed already so far. I mean, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown now is not the only sheriff in town on the wide receiving core. That makes me a little <laughs> sad. Um it is what it is. Maybe that opens it up for it. Maybe that's my copium. But let's start it off real fast. Jacksonville, Detroit Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants, one through five, all defensive players. That's cool. Good for the team. Phenomenal. Happy for them. Don't care. Doesn't give me fantasy points. Pretty happy Jets fans and Giants fans. In fact, Giants, I think, are the big winner of the draft. To get potentially the top two players at picks five and seven, that's good business. Source Gardner, good addition. I didn't love the Stingley pick to the Texans, but you know, it's not my money. 
Uh, and I like that Hutchinson, the uh, the hometown boy, stays in Detroit. I think the, the crowd will love him. That's a real Vontae Mack sort of pick for me. I'm going to agree. I mean, uh, it's cool. I like to see it. It's a feel-good story. That's fine. doesn't give me fantasy points. Derek Stingley, three for Texas. I don't necessarily agree with this one. I was definitely surprised to see the hmm. Texans, with all the holes that they have, go cornerback at number three. Maybe they didn't like anybody else. Maybe they felt like they can get somebody later, which in theory they did. They did get an all-lineman, pick number 15. But you know what? I'd rather see them go edge rusher and then offensive lineman. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, I'm not the general manager of the Texans, and I didn't trade DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of peanuts. But still. <laughs> All right. So one one winner I'm going to say in this draft, DJ Moore. DJ Moore and Chris McCaffrey. Not only did they not add a wide receiver, but they took out offensive lineman. So it's going to help McCaffrey picking up those holes, yep. maybe stay a little bit healthier. And it's going to help DJ Moore actually run a proper route where he could actually be open to catch the football. Him and Robbie Anderson, I feel like are two people that now I kind of have a little bit more interest. I am a huge fan of DJ Moore. So I was going to go after him regardless, but now I feel even more inclined to target DJ Moore, especially after AJ Brown, because considering they were so identical stat line wise, ADP wise, where a lot of people have to make the decision. Oh, do I want DJ Moore or do I want AJ Brown? I feel like now you're going DJ Moore 10 times out of 10 times. I think that's fair. It's going to depend who's throwing in the ball. AJ Brown has Hurts. Panthers have Sam Darnold. Or I think Baker I'm going Baker. Darnold uh, or potentially Baker. If it's Baker, a hundred percent DJ Moore. I don't like Baker, but I'd still go hundred percent DJ Moore. I feel more confident with Baker than I do with Donald. I will agree with that. That's fair. But either one as quarterback, I would still comfortably rather go DJ Moore. No, that's fair. I'll give you that. The Giants taking another alignment or not another, but they take alignment with their seventh pick. I like to see it. They got they got a lot of weapons on wide receiver. They might not like to admit it. They spent a lot of money on it. They got weapons. Protect the quarterback. Protect the running back. Throw it to those players. I think that's straightforward. And protect whoever's going to be quarterback for you next season. You know what? I still want it to be Danny Dams. I really like him. I want him to succeed. So one of the big head scratchers of the night with the Atlanta Falcons taking a wide receiver. I feel like I feel like this shouldn't be a surprise. I'm surprised and not surprised at the same time. You know what it is? Yeah. What's the phrase? Like, I'm not surprised yet still dis. I had no expectation yet. I was still disappointed. I think that's the phrase that I should say. It's it's a double negative. Like he has Drake and London in his name, both losers. Anyway, I I really like Drake London. I thought he jumped off the screen last year when I was watching tape. This is the dumbass pick to end all dumbass picks in this draft. The Falcons have so many holes on their team and they pick a big receiver who's good in the red zone, basically performs the same tasks that Kyle Pitts does. They were like, I like this guy. I'll have another. They don't even have anyone to throw him the ball. I'm not sure what they were thinking. Maybe they were thinking it doesn't matter about this year. Maybe next year. Now that I think about it a little bit more, it makes sense. Right now, I'm scratching my head. That being said, out of all the wide receivers that got taken, I think London is in the best scenario. He's in the best fit, less competition in his wide receiver room. I know it's not ideal with the quarterback situation, not even knowing who it is. But dynasty-wise, he seems the more attra- most attractive wide receiver to take initially. 
I see your logic, but for me, by the time the Falcons are good, London will be coming off his contract. Like he's got a huge wingspan, so it doesn't matter that they don't have a quarterback who need who can throw a can't throw a dime. I should say. I don't know. I don't like the pick. I think this is a, a bad pick from a short sighted organization. I sort of agree that maybe it's the best scenario. I quite like Traylon Burks in Tennessee. Yes, that would be number two. I think it might be a toss-up. Traylon Burks might have it a little bit better because he has a better quarterback. But you know with the Falcons, they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively. They're not winning games. They're going to have to throw. So it makes a little bit more sense for Drake London. But Traylon Burks might have more like better opportunity to produce fantasy points. So, I mean, if he is taken on the A.J. Brown role, if he does it at a 80% rate, that's still wide receiver two stat lines. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's more appealing. And you don't think they're going to, unless he's god-awful, I don't think they'll be <laughs> drafting another replacement for Traylon Burks. Maybe you know you're only having him for five years, considering they're probably going to get rid of him. Since they obviously they don't want to pay wide receivers in this ridiculous market, uh, th- those two receivers are realistically the only ones that I found that landed in a good situation. I don't know. We'll get to the others shortly. Yeah, I've we'll talk got, about I've got those some thoughts. Yes. So on the Seahawks, drafted offensive lineman. Cool. You know, now Metcalf has a little bit more time to get, run his route. So does Lockett. Yep. Uh, yep. Maybe a better run game. That's cool. Cool. Good for them. Uh, I always like seeing teams not upgrade their weapons, but upgrade the ability to enhance their weapons. Love to see it. The yep. Jets, yeah, the Jets again. We like we mentioned drafting another first round wide receiver. That's cool. I like Elijah Moore. I don't like seeing him potentially go take a back burner seat. I, I really like Moore as well. I think he's a good complement to Wilson. They are a bit similar. Like they they're able to play the same position, which worries me as a guy who really likes more. Wilson's the best all-round receiver in this class as far as I'm concerned. I think they had a lot of holes that they could have got by with what they had uh, for another year and, and built around Zach Wilson and then added some some cream on top of the cake next year. But you know what? I'm not going to job them too hard. It's the Jets. They took a cornerback and a wide receiver. They could have went on both sides of the trenches and it would have been a whole lot nicer. I understand there is Tyreek Hill in that division now. There is mm-hmm. Jalen Allen. There is Josh Allen. There is Stefan Diggs. There is, you know, Mac, uh, you know, your boy Mac. And obviously <laughs> the best wide receiver of them all, Nikhil Harry. Uh, and your <laughs> force. Jacoby Myers. Yeah. The, the too elite, too elite. I understand that there are elite threats on that team, on those teams, and you need to draft somebody in order to guard them. I just feel like you could have done better and more efficiently with those picks. Yep, totally agree. Granted, his name is Sauce Gardner. That's a pretty cool name. So I probably would have done the same thing. Saints at 11 took Chris Olave from Ohio State. Garrett Wilson's buddy. I don't like it. Again, I feel like, yeah, you could use a wide receiver. But you don't necessarily have a quarterback to throw it to. I mean, Wilson's got an arm. Wait, hold on. Which we talking about? Wilson? We talking about oh, Chris Olave? Win- Winston has an arm. Oh, Winston. There we go. Sorry. Who just got LASIK surgery? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I don't mind it. I uh, like fantasy wise, it could work out. We kept talking about Traquan Smith finally being that guy mm-hmm. moving up. He's never done that. He is not going to do that. 
Chris Olave, he's got the chance to solidify himself as a solid wide receiver too, to Michael Thomas. That being said, historically, the Saints have never been able to support a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so that does leave me a little bit skeptical whether he could actually be productive or not. And it, it, it's consistently, the Saints consistently kind of like the, shoot, there was another team where there were a prime example of it, but that uh, eluded me. But th- they consistently have had an elite wide receiver one, but then a barren wide receiver two. I think it was from like, you know, Mark Colson. Oh, you, you know, talking about the Saints too. The Saints still, yeah. Sorry, the Saints. I mean, I remember Marquise Colston. I mean, elite wide receiver one, nothing behind that. And then all of a sudden, like, Michael Thomas comes behind that, and, and there's nothing behind him. And now, I mean, Brandon Michael, Cooks for a bit. Brandon Cooks is there for a little bit. They consistently have elite wide receiver ones without the solid wide receiver two. And history tends to repeat itself. And mm-hmm. I'm afraid that it does that in this situation. I guess they're planning that Michael Thomas won't be the wide receiver one for long. Yes. I mean, he is a diva. I mean, with mm. all these wide receivers getting absolute monster contracts, if he has a halfway decent season, he's going to be demanding one of those as well. And he probably won't be there if he is demanding that. So in that case, Chris Olave could be the elite wide receiver one. Another person that I would be interested in, in a dynasty, dynasty perspective, definitely not in redraft. Uh, yep. Detroit Lions, they traded up for Jamison Williams. Cool name. Uh, but, I mean, didn't he tear his ACL? Uh, yes. Yeah, he did. So, I don't mind this move from the Lions. They don't need him this year. Good for Amon Ross St. Brown. You get another high-value pick out of him. They clearly like him enough. I, I still think this is a bad move, but they're clearly going to get another quarterback at some point, and he's going to have two good receivers to throw to and a pretty good running back. They have a good offensive line. This offense is not too shabby. There is really no reason for this offense to not put up 24 points a game. They got a good offensive line. Are the lines line. good? It's difficult to say that. I need to see it to believe it, but they have an offense. They have no excuse on offense to put up 24 points a game. They have wide receivers. They got a tight end. They got an offensive line. They got a running back. They know they have a halfway decent quarterback, a questionable quarterback, but I still expect them to be able to put up 24 points a game. If the defense can stop the other team from scoring 27 plus, that's fine. They could, the defense could allow 100 points again. That's fine. This offense, j- just put up 24. That's all they need to do. Throw it to Monroe St. Brown. Throw it to, throw it to my boy Smith. That's all that. It's not that difficult. The yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, speaking of them, took a defensive tackle. That's cool. Yep. I mean, you know, if he does good things, then maybe in a fantasy perspective, you're looking at running backs a little bit differently, whether they're going against the Eagles. The Eagles have always historically been difficult to run on. And yep. I mean, th- I'm taking another D tackle. And I'm not sure if Fletcher Cox is still on uh, the team and not retired. But I mean, if they're both manning the trenches like that, I as long as he's defense, uh, decent, this boy right here, Jordan Davis, then it might be very difficult to run on this football team. Yeah, and the uh, NFC East is a running conference, uh, is a running division. Yes. There's good running backs there. So being able to stop that is uh, good work. There we go. The Baltimore Ravens took a safety. Uh, they never really had any type of talent in the safety position since Earl Thomas. Yeah, that was a joke. I like the pick. <laughs> yeah, good get. Good slide to uh, the Ravens at 14. I don't mind it at all. Can't complain. I don't think they have. I mean, I would like to see them take. No, I shouldn't say like to see them take a wide receiver. Just for, just for the fun, 
the giggles, I wouldn't mind seeing them take a receiver, but realistically, that was a good pick. The Houston Texans trading up and taking an offensive lineman. I like the pick. Like I said, I think they should have done it earlier. Solid mm-hmm. pick. Washington Commanders, they didn't learn their first lesson by drafting Josh Dotson. They went ahead and took his younger brother, Jahan Dotson. No, I'm not really <laughs> sure if they're actually related, but... They're um, d- different name. Different. J- Dot, it's the same thing, Dotson. One of them's Dotson, and the other's Dotson. You, you, you say it the same, Dotson. <laughs> Go ahead. You know what? Go they ahead. need someone... They need someone to compliment McLaurin. They're a team with a lot of holes, I guess. Uh, Of all the picks that were made, this is certainly one of them. Yeah, that that is 100% true. Out of the 32 picks, they're definitely one of that 32. I don't mind it. I just feel like he could have done better. Uh, The people at Penn State really like him. So I'm trying to think, in in a fantasy perspective, if he does anything decent, how confident are you with Carson Wentz as the quarterback? I mean... There's still Terry McLaurin, who had a disappointing season last year. And now they draft somebody in the first round to potentially take away targets, take away yards, take away touchdowns from him. Are you confident at all? McLaurin needs help. And I think Dotson will take some of that attention away. Teams are still going to be doubling McLaurin, but it's an upgrade for it's an upgrade for McLaurin. It's probably an upgrade. I don't know if it is an upgrade for Wentz. It's an upgrade for McLaurin, but we will see. We'll see how this plays out. I think this is good news that there might be someone opposite him who means teams aren't doubling and tripling him and every target is going his way. Maybe he'll get a better quality of target instead of just volume. That one would be helpful. I want to see it to believe it. Dynasty-wise, I think I'd rather somebody else take him. I'm I'm looking at him in the mid to late second round. Uh, We're going to have to see a little bit to see what they do as a team later on in the draft, how many offensive linemen did they take? Do they focus on the defense? So we can kind of get an idea of what they think on what that offense looks like and how it stands. But right now it's an average pick. Can't complain. Would like to see something else, but the Los Angeles chargers taken an offensive line. When they, when, when a high powered offense, take an offensive lineman, I, I get hard. That's it. There's like Alan can get so erect. I need well, to, his I, name's Johnson as exactly, well. Exactly. So. Exactly. There we go. And I might have to see a doctor if it stays any longer. It's been past four hours. Austin Eckler, thank you very much. <laughs> Keenan Al, thank you very much. <laughs> Herbert, thank you very much. I mean, it's just it's just all around. Elite players get elevated when you take an offensive lineman. It's statistically proven. Another one to add to that statistic here. Traylon Burks. We talked about him a little bit. The AJ Brown specialist, the AJ Brown identical mirror look alike. Debo Samuel look alike comparison, AJ Brown comparison, everything that you could think of when you talk about physical wide receivers that have run after catchability. I mean, him and London, the two mm. best wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'd agree with that. I really like Burks. Um, I got nothing else to add. I mean, we already talked about him. Yeah, it's uh, pretty straightforward. I, li- I like the pick. I don't really see the logic, but you know what? I like the pick. Exactly. Unless unless AJ Brown clearly said, trade me, I'm not playing. And maybe I understand it. You got something out of it. The Niners don't have anything with Debo Samuel now, considering he's in the exact same situation as AJ Brown, except the Titans said, screw it, we don't want to deal with it, and then just moved on. The, the Niners might have a situation where Debo, Debo kind of fakes an injury and then 
his season will accrue, but he doesn't play with the Niners the year after that. And the Niners don't get anything after him or nothing, don't get anything for him. So it, it might be a situation where the Titans might end up in the right, depending on how Debo goes down. Yeah, potentially. I guess, again, the Titans are further away from winning the Super Bowl than when they started the day. And yeah. I would say the Niners are the same distance away they were, which is close. Close, but unfortunately, when teams like this are making strides towards the Super Bowl and you don't make any strides, you technically went backwards, in theory. True, although there's not a lot to like amongst the NFC in this first round. It's a big AFC draft. It is. That one, I will agree with you. We'll move on to the Saints. We'll start. We'll touch. We'll touch back onto this topic when the moment arrives. Right now, on pick number nineteen, the Saints took an offensive lineman. Another one. I can't complain. You know, Kamara. He's gonna like this pick. Michael Thomas likes the pick, and whoever's the quarterback is gonna like this pick. It's pretty straightforward. Yep. Good pick. Good organization. Fun pick here. The Pittsburgh Steelers took Henny Pickett, the hometown guy. I believe mm. it was, right? He was a hometown guy. Yep, out of Pitt. And he apparently, I don't I don't I haven't done too much quarterback deep diving considering you know, I looked at it a little bit and I just said I'm unimpressed. I hope no team takes any of this. Apparently, you know, he's the most pro ready quarterback. He has the opportunity to realistically fight for his job and becoming that quarterback one. I would be a little skeptical if he doesn't win the quarterback job with the competition around him. And I feel like if he doesn't, then it really says something. I don't like Kenny Pickett as a first round player. I think if there's, I have no issue with the Steelers going a quarterback here. I think maybe they should have gone for Willis or Corral or someone with a bit of upside. I think Pickett doesn't have that ceiling. It's the same. It's the Mac Jones issue. And I think Pickett is worse than Mac Jones. Pickett was good this year. Thanks to Jordan Addison who is my absolute favorite player in next year's draft. And in fact, if you ask me to name any other player in next year's draft, I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, but Jordan Addison, amazing wide receiver. And I think Pickett's success this year is a function of him being outstanding. Luckily, I, I luck- like the Steelers didn't move up for him. But as you say, he has to win the competition because if he can't beat out Trubisky, uh, if he can't beat out Mason Rudolph then what are we doing here? And what's to say Trubisky, I think Trubisky starts the season. And what if he lights it up? And all of a sudden you're like, okay, we've got this quarterback who we spent the 20th pick on and a guy who's playing well. If you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterback. It could be the Jordan Love situation where Aaron Rodgers and Trubisky kind of light it up and puts you in a situation where like, oh, I don't know what to do now. But realistically, I don't think it's a bad situation. If Trubisky wins you games and you make it to the playoffs because of Trubisky, yeah, Kenny Pickett's sitting on the bench. I don't care who he is. He could have been the first overall pick. He, he, he's sitting on the bench. There's no reason to start him. I know. And then it makes your draft pick look stupid, but you're preparing for a situation that you'd rather not be in and taking a quarterback to put yourself in a situation where, oh, okay, he sucks. Okay, we got somebody else to potentially pick it up. I know it sounds bad because a lot of people are making fun of the Packers for drafting Jordan Love, but say Aaron Rodgers did regress more, mm-hmm. uh, then the pick would make a lot more sense. Yeah, and they knew Rogers wasn't going to be the day. Uh, 
Love wasn't going to be the day one starter. They could develop him. And that's kind of my issue with Pickett is if you don't think he's going to play straight away. And maybe they do. Maybe they do see him as the week one starter. Why wouldn't you go with someone with a bit of upside, someone who you can develop as opposed to the guy who's NFL ready? Unless they really saw something that other scouts did not. I think I think scouting has changed a little bit. Everyone's looking for the next Mahomes, the next Josh Allen, the, the you know, the next Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's kind of forgetting about the next Roethlisberger in a way or the next, mm-hmm. I don't want to say Dan Marino, but so, something of that stature where you're kind of in the pocket making throws rather than moving around to your left, rolling right, you know, back yeah. shoulder throw 30 yards down the field across the sideline. And all of a sudden it hits the receiver in the face. That wasn't happening in this draft. And the Steelers in a situation where they could have picked anything and it would have been a good pick. They, if they took an offensive lineman, we would be cheering for them. They took a mm-hmm. defensive lineman cheering for them, a cornerback cheering for them. They're a good football team. They have yep. the ability to make a stupid pick. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, great quarterback name. You can't, yeah, that's the, you look at that name and you think, yeah, that guy's a quarterback. Like It's very old school. It sort of evokes like your Ken Anderson and your Ken Stabler and these sorts of 70s and 80s quarterbacks. And it's good to see Kenny getting some more pop. Uh-huh. I agree with you. You know, people always try to have these unique names like Drake London or, yeah. or, or Trent McDuffie. We'll talk about it in a second, but like Kenny Pickett, but Trent McDuffie's a pretty up and down name. Nah. I mean, it's no like Kaya Elam or yeah, T Walker or Tyler Linderbaum, Jahan Dotson, Traylon. You know, it's none of those. Or a it's guy Kenny. named or a guy named Cole Strange. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to uh, Doctor Strange. Okay, that's fair. To wrap up the Steelers pick, I don't mind it. There you go. I think it's okay. a bad pick. I guess we'll see. <laughs> so the Kansas City Chiefs at 21, they traded up and they got our boy Trent McDuffie. Mm-hmm. Again, another another a lot of teams thought not, not sorry, not a lot of teams. A lot of people thought that they would go wide receiver. I was potentially in that camp thinking they would probably try to. I can't complain about them going after a cornerback. Just like the Jets, where they're in a division with a lot of high-powered offenses and they need cornerbacks especially since they were 27th on defense last year they need a cornerback to help guard those elite wide receivers and when you're the kansas city chiefs and you don't necessarily have too many holes you can do this yeah he's not a not quite a like for like replacement for the honey badger but he's that kind of uh, in slot corner nickel backer type rather than a an outside corner so Mm -hmm. good get so quay walker 22nd pick for the Packers. And that wraps up another NFL draft. Sorry, they have another pick later on. But spoiler alert, another first round where the Packers do not take a wide receiver. I know the elite ones already got taken off the board. And if you were to take a wide receiver, you'd be in theory reaching. Uh, um, I'd rather you reach in this situation. I think the two that are left on the board, I'm glad they didn't go for them. When I say the two, the two that people would have talked about being um, Christian Watts and George Pickens, yeah, let them slide. Key Walker, Quay Walker, whatever he rolls with, you know, nice nice addition to that team. But I guarantee you Brian Gutekunst sent a text to Aaron Rodgers with the clip from uh, Happy Gilmore where the guy just says, better luck next year, and they all start laughing at him. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know why he did this to himself. He should be on, a, he should be on another football team right now. 
yeah, maybe they, you know what, maybe they trade up and grab one of these guys early next year. Maybe they didn't want to trade up and be part of the quarterback run. They, maybe they're they, going for Debo Samuel. Who's to say? The oof. I don't think any Niners fan would ever forgive the team if they were to trade Debo Samuel to the Green Bay Packers. No, probably not. No, no, that that rivalry cuts a little bit too deep for it to be okay. Who are they throwing it to? We have all off season to ask ourselves this question. I'm sure they're going to pick up a couple of receivers in this. At, at this point, this draft. I, at this point, I can't. I can't feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers. He did this to himself. He, I don't he feel had, sorry for him. He had he had every opportunity to leave the football team and to go into mm-hmm. a better situation. If if he gets hounded and pounded. I'll just laugh at this point. It's like, yeah, what do you want? Like, if he if he's gonna go and then say, oh, I don't, I need weapons, I need help. Like, it's your fault. You allowed this to happen. Agreed. Um, agreed. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. They took Kair. K- Kair. K- <laughs> I would Elam. say it's Kair Elam. So I was right the first time. It's kinda. There we go. So they they happen to take the cornerback that loudly screams, "I did this to cover the Chiefs." I mean, Tyreek Hill's yep. not on the Chiefs anymore. He's technically on the floor. Actually, no, I should re- I, let, let me rephrase that statement. What the Buffalo Bills did was say, I drafting you to cover Tyreek Hill. There we go. Yes. Yes, that, that is what they did. I Elam, they're they're showing him a picture of Tyreek Hill and says, This this guy, you're guarding him. Good luck. His name is an anagram of Railmaker. Hold on. I gotta think about this. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look at this rail. Okay, I oh, see. That's that. no, that's that's wrong. Uh, I've, 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 I've fucked that up. R a i l m a. No, oh no, you no, need another spin, e. There's another i. There's another i. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a second. Uh close. You know what? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for yeah. the effort. Sorry, that's everyone. a good one. That's a good one. I feel like okay. I've let everyone down. You know what? You you. No, you didn't. You might be a sad panda, but we definitely are not. The Dallas Cowboys at the twenty (laughs) fourth. The Dallas Cowboys at the twenty fourth pick took an offensive lineman. I feel like I'm surprised they didn't take a wide receiver, just because I feel like they would do it. It's something they would do. Yeah, I'm glad they took an offensive lineman. You know, it's it's another one of those things where it just only benefits the premier talent that they already have. I like the pick Mm. a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Back to uh, Kaya Elam, also an anagram of I make liar. Hold on, I, or, I make rail. I, okay, okay. I see the make and I see the rail. I make rail. Okay, so uh, the, the Buffalo I Bills rail. drafted I make rail. With I, make rail? I make rail. I make rail. It's not as cool as sauce, but it's up there. I make rail. So when it, when it, whenever our boy, what's his name? Let's see. Sauce Sauce Gardner gets beat for a touchdown by Tyree Kill. Mm. Stefan Diggs. All you have to do is just say, lost in the sauce. Yeah. He's never never given up a touchdown in his college career, Sauce Gardner. Well, there's a first time for anything. And when Tyree Kill flies right by them, I think he'll realize he is in a different world. Yep. He doesn't have the sauce to keep up. Tyler Linderbaum, 25 to the Ravens. There is a guy every year. It's one of those classic draft tropes. Oh, yeah, get the setter. He's a guy you can plug in and play on the line for eight to ten years. You don't even have to worry about it. I think that's this here. Tyler Linderbaum for the Bills. Uh, the Ravens, sorry. I like the pick a lot. Straightforward. Yep. You nailed it on the head. It is that pick. Our uh, our old mate, Nick, former producer, 
uh, was a big fan of his, Tyler Linderbaum. Any reason? Uh, well, he's from Iowa. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, and that guy said he, he's a big Iowa person, a person from Iowa. I don't even know that was a thing. What's an Iowa? Uh, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> go, back, go back to your field of dreams, everyone from Iowa. <laughs> so the New York Jets back on the board once again. Trade it up. Trade it up. Uh, you know, I'm proud yeah. of the Jets. Good job. Jermaine Johnson, the second. Can't forget the second. Not the third. Not the first, but the second. Edge rusher. Can't complain. It's what you should have done. And my favorite NFL team in the current moment, the Jacksonville Jaguars, took Devin Lloyd, linebacker. That's cool. It doesn't matter. You still ruin the wide receiver market. I'm proud of you for it. I was uh, I was hoping Lloyd would slip to the Pats at 29. Well, joke's on you. The Pats are 28. Uh, no, the, the Pats. Oh, Pats. Oh, I heard Pats. Okay. Well, yeah. Dev- Devontae Wyatt. What? Why? <laughs> Wyatt. Yeah. Wyatt. Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt. 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 If you were to pronounce, if you were to pronounce his name silver for silver, it'd be Wyatt. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wyatt. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Shout out to everyone who's listening to this high at the moment and <laughs> struggling to comprehend Devontae Wyatt. Why yet? Defensive lineman on the Packers, still not a wide receiver. Cool story, Packers. To the Patriots, who drafted Doctor Strange, Cole Strange, out of out of all the names. From what college? Tennessee, Chattanooga. <laughs> Have another go at it. <laughs> it's Ch- Chattanooga. We <laughs> Chattanooga. Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a joke here that nobody's uh, nobody's made so far. But this was a strange pick. Good job, I'm proud of you on that one. That's. I don't know. Have you seen the Have you seen the clip of um, McVeigh and uh, Les Snead after no. this pick? Oh, they're in a in a press conference, and McVeigh's like, "What? Strangers just gone in the first round." I, we wasted all this time. We thought we might be able to get him at 104. What? They're like dying laughing that this uh, the Patriots took this guy. This is like a classic Belichick reach. Yet there's certainly a hole on the line for him there. And um, Belichick went out and got himself some strange. So, I mean, at this point, I kind of started zoning out a little bit, especially when the Packers are on the board and not the Packers, mm. the Patriots. Wait, hold on. He... he, he- this guy had a third round grade, is what you're telling me? The he was such a surprise that neither of the people doing the coverage had any footage for him. Well, that was definitely strange. Speaking of, who was it that had teammates that died in gun violence and then they decided to bring it up on stage and decided to ask uh, him about it? Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd? Yeah, I thought it might be him. How how stupid do you have to be? Yeah, that is a it's a weird question. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, well, what happened a couple of years ago where they were like, oh, yeah, this player's mom had a failed abortion or something like that. You're like, what? Yeah, I thought ESPN had stopped doing that shit, but apparently not. They should know. make it. They should just ask him, get a kid up there doing it. And so, like, biggest day of their life, they go to get the jersey. And then some kids just off the side being like, do I Pokemon? Yeah, that, that's a much more important question. Do you like Pokemon? Are you a Yu-Gi-Oh type of guy? Favorite snack. Like Beyblades. It's cool watching them spin, though. You know, do you think spinning is a neat trick? 
Yeah. Something. Uh, they could have done a lot better with that. I, I think it's in, it's so random. It's so weird. He's having the happiest moment of his life. And you're like, oh, yeah, do you remember your two two friends that died? Uh, wow. Yeah. How do you think they feel right now? <laughs> maybe, feel maybe, anything, that guy, really. maybe that guy you know who got murdered? Wow. Like, that's so I can remember that. Oh, and this is a happier moment of your life. Yeah, too bad, not anymore. Uh, that sucks. Here, answer that really ridiculous question. I find it entertaining, but in, in the worst way possible. Yeah. Kind of like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like they ruined the wide receiver market. It's entertaining, but in the worst way possible. So the Chiefs, <laughs> once again, back on the board, draft an edge. Not bad. Can't complain. Classic Chiefs. There you go. Cincinnati Bengals, 31st pick, went ahead and grabbed a defensive back. Of course, you know, after getting absolutely destroyed by Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl, made the proper decision and go ahead and grabbing another defensive back to have guard him. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, with the influx of elite wide receiver talent, you need elite cornerback talent to help guard them. Bengals are pretty deep at safety, but um, they've got a few of them coming out of contract. That is true. That is true as well. You nailed that on the head. And the last pick of the first round, Mr. L relevant in the first round, Minnesota Vikings traded up and took a safety. That's fine. I they sure that. did. Cool story, Vikings. <laughs> as long as it doesn't affect Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook's fantasy value, I'm fine with it. They could have taken an offensive lineman to help help it out. But you know what? They didn't affect it. Therefore, I don't mind. Can live with that. I could live with that. I could live with that a lot. You know, I like seeing the, I want to see the Packers get taken down a peg. So I am fine with teams in that division getting better. Where are the Bears in this? What they do with their first round? Uh, they traded it for someone or something. They traded it last year in order to move up to get. Don't know. Did they have one of the Giants picks? Why did the Giants have their pick? See, that's the problem is it doesn't say the amount of trades that happened today. I couldn't follow it. They would be like, oh, they're trading this pick for this pick, this pick, this pick, and they're swapping this pick. And I'm like, huh? And you know, the problem is, is I followed the classic meme of where I'm judging all these draft picks. Meanwhile, I'm like stuffing my face full of Lay's potato chips. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's such a stupid pick. And then meanwhile, I'm still crunching on more chips. Uh, so I fell, I fell through that trap earlier today. And then I kind of realized it halfway through. And I was like, maybe I should just like Keep my opinions to myself. Yeah, and then we would never show. So yes, that is that. true. That is true. My opinions uh, are incredibly important. Apparently, said no one ever. <laughs> I think everyone thinks their opinions are important. Mine's is just a little bit more important than the average person. I'm just kidding. They're really not. They're less important. Well, we'll see. All in all, weird ass day. It is. It is. Which you would call a cold, strange day. It was. It was a cold, strange day. I like that there was no quarter. I mean, there was one quarterback taken, but there's basically no quarterbacks taken. I think it adds more suspense, I should say. Yeah, I guess. Um, Actually, I'm not sure. Maybe I take that back. I think we'll see Malik Willis come off the board very early tomorrow, along with N'Kobe Dean. Yeah, that's a funny name. Um, N'Kobe. So because I think there was less quarterbacks, teams had a lot more freedom to do kind of what they want. And they were able to have a little bit more flexibility to really move around the draft boards, kind of take who they want. And because of that, I think uh, it showed us why this day was a little bit crazier than it should have been. I think you're probably right. The um, the Bucks are first up tomorrow, uh, followed by the Vikings, Titans, Giants, Texans, Jets, and then your mates, the Bears, at 39. The Colts oh, come on the board at 42. The Browns at 44. And then the 49ers at 61. I think at that point, everyone will... Oh, the Broncos at 64. At that point, everyone will have had a 
pick. I think there's there's a bit of water to go under the bridge. I can see teams maybe moving up here if they like a guy. I could see the Willis going off the board early as well. I, I definitely see it as well. I think a lot of what he said might get thrown out the window as soon as the second and third round are over. I know we talked yep. a lot about how, oh, this person, their draft value, their fantasy value hasn't been touched yet. But, I mean, all it takes is one round for us to completely flip the script and go, ooh, maybe that's not that good anymore. Or, ooh, maybe it's a lot better than anticipated, especially if they don't end up touching it. I think once we start seeing running backs go off the board, I think we'll start seeing a clearer picture of how teams kind of want to run their offense. I think uh, maybe the Bears, at th- maybe not the Bears at 39, Seahawks at 40 in the in the frame for running back. Yes, I would see. I think the first team to draft running back is the Seahawks. At first, yep. like, like we talked about, I thought 40, it might 41. be the Bills. Yeah, I thought at first it might be the Bills. I'm going to retract yep. that statement and say, no, I would not be surprised to see them not even take a running back. And if they do, it's in the later rounds. And then pick 53, the Packers. Do they take a wide receiver there? I think they have to. At this point, you know, if they were afraid of the value potential, the risk to reward for not taking a receiver in the first couple, uh, first two picks that they had in the first round, the value has to be there at that point where it, it doesn't necessarily matter, even if it is a reach. You just, Aaron Rodgers has to be able to throw it to somebody. And I know yep. you don't want to just throw wide receivers at him and hope one of them sticks. But I mean, you got to, you got to throw him a bone. Yeah, exactly. It's an odd, it's odd. It's an odd situation that I'm more than happy to see because I like seeing drama and the hystericalness of, wow, what'd you expect? Yeah, real odd duck of the first round. It's odd. At first, I thought going into this, this would be a kind of boring first round where you see a lot of O-linemen, a lot of defensive linemen get taken and, you know, some wide receivers sprinkled in. And, you know, we would come on here for the recap and I'd be like, wow, that was the first round. Like kind of mm. stuff kind of happened. Not really, though. Nothing really changed. Uh, but, I mean, picks 10 through, what is it, 27. Changed Just the whole scope. Chaos. Chaos. It changed the whole scope of how I thought of players in a fantasy perspective. Chaos. Yes. I mean, of course, after the second and third round, it'll be a little bit more clear picture of what we can anticipate from our new friends, such as AJ Brown and now Hollywood Brown. But yeah, the Brown brothers. The Brown brothers. There we go. We can see, we can see a better, clearer picture of what their potential fantasy aspect could look like in the next couple of days. But as of right now, I think they're too difficult to touch. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I want to see the rest of this play out. Let the dust settle a bit, and then we can work out what the hell we do with our uh, our redraft and dynasty draft boards. Exactly, especially because I mean, they were premier players; they were elite draft early type players, and because of that, it definitely is going to steal a lot of the headlines compared to the the receivers that were just drafted. Because I mean, obviously, everybody wants to know when they should be drafting AJ Brown, what to think about AJ Brown, and so on and so forth when it comes to players such as those. And as of right now, it's just not ideal. I think that's the best word I could say. Not ideal, I think, sums it up. There we go. So, all right, let's wrap up this first round. Unless there's any other type of analytical commentary that you have. No, I don't I don't think so. Uh, as I say, I'm, I'm waiting to let the dust settle a little bit on uh, the rest of the draft. Uh, we'll see where those chips fall. And uh, hopefully we'll 
get a better of a better idea of it next time we we talk to you maybe. And exactly. uh, I'll just say, Christian Harris, linebacker out of Alabama, one hundred percent going to be a Patriot day two. Uh, I'm going to take your word for it. Unfortunately, I can't hold you accountable because once this goes out and everyone hears it, do you think um, it'll be too late for them to hear that and then be like, oh, wow, let's see if he's right? No. Fair. So give me a winner. <laughs> give me a loser. I, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say the big winner is the Giants. They got stronger in the trenches. Uh, they got probably two of the best players at picks five and seven. I think they did some really good business today. And a loser, the Titans. There's your, there's your loser, as I say. They're further now from winning the Super Bowl than they started the day. That is fair, especially when you have a, a decent first rounder, the first round spot where you can kind of really add to your roster. I'm going to go with the Jets. I think that's a clear winner. I think that's an obvious pick for a winner. While I do think they should have drafted an offensive lineman, they kind of checked a lot of boxes that they needed to fill where guard the elite wide receivers, get a wide receiver, and then, of course, get somebody that can get to the quarterback. You know, I'm a little sad for my boy and the wide receiving core over there in the Jets. But, I mean, hopefully it only adds to his potential production. And then a loser. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, who's a big loser? Where I, I don't know. Definitely not I'll Cole Strange. He's a loser. Who? He, you're a big fucking loser. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. True. Uh, you know what? Instead of two losers, I'll give you two winners. The Jacksonville Jaguars. They screwed up the wide receiver market so badly that I just got to put him a winner. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. There you go. Like, like they, they, they all hell broke loose just yep. by signing one mediocre receiver. True. They also paid Zay Jones. That's fair. That's fair. Two yeah. people who realistically do not deserve jobs. Actually, I shouldn't say no. that. Christian Kirk definitely, definitely deserves half his paycheck. <laughs> yeah, everyone, deserve, everyone deserves a job. That's up for debate. But that's for a debate for another time. Other than that, good luck, everybody. <laughs>